Hey, 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 what's up? So, um, yeah, Q is going to, I think, be in here. Uh, yeah, he says he's running a little bit behind, but he's going to be in here. But I didn't want to let people just sit around just waiting, you know, so figured might as well just get started. And, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of um, things to say about this one up front because there wasn't really a lot of meat on the bone. But, I mean, this one was so painful to me. That I, I wasn't planning to talk about this at first, but it was like, I figured it might as well because it was as masochistic as, I mean, it lived up to the title of the show because I really felt like a media masochist uh, watching this. It was, um, ironically enough, it was Q's idea to watch. I actually didn't want to watch this. And then uh, he told me he didn't finish it <laughs> after I sat through the whole thing, which I was, I was like... No way. I actually finished this thing. I thought you actually watched it the way you told me we should watch it and review it. I thought, like, you uh, had watched it already. So, yeah, I suffered through it. And uh, one thing I'll say about this, like, on the surface, I feel like this show would have nothing to do with a show like She-Hulk. Oh, by the way, there was technical difficulties with Colin, uh, nothing of our doing, which is why the last episode about the She-Hulk finale is not up. Uh, they need to fix something on their end. Only 45 minutes of the episode was coming up, and it was not the... Uh, it had technical difficulties as well. So that's going to um, come up. Hopefully, the same tech difficulties don't have happen for this one. So, But that's why it's good to catch these live, because you never know what kind of problems on the back end they're going to have when it's time to record and replay. So definitely follow us and follow the show. But... Yeah, like I was saying, um, on the surface, this thing would not have anything to do with something like She-Hulk. I mean, it's clearly trying to be more artistic and serious and adult. But one thing I found very similar about it uh, is that I feel like this is another type of piece of media where somebody has like a weird agenda. And um, I felt like I don't know much about Joyce Carol Oates. I don't know much about Andrew Dominic. I think that's his name, the director. But they both seem to hate conventionally attractive women of a certain type. Like, it was just such a caricature of a conventionally attractive woman and the men that like conventionally attractive women that I don't know if the writer and the director kind of hated the same target for roughly the same reasons. Like, like to me, I felt like um, Joyce Carol Oates had her type of idea of what um, conventionally attractive women were like in their lives and whatever. And maybe there was a type of contempt or um, envy. And I felt that way with the She-Hulk. It was like they always portrayed conventionally attractive women in the most vapid, unlikable light that they could tr they could try to do, even though ironically um, they still ended up being more likable than the characters that, that represented themselves. Um, and I felt like the director's voice, the camera, was kind of pornographic. It's like an angry guy watching porn, like a angry guy who 
hates women, but is attracted to women, and then hates them even more because he's attracted to them. You know, like, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze the guy. I'm not saying he is these things. I don't know him. I know nothing about this guy as a person. I'm saying how the camera made me feel. The camera made me feel, you know, it's talking about like a male gaze, a female gaze. This was like a angry porn watching male gaze. Like, it just felt like it was that porno that revels in degrading the attractive woman. You know, like there's nothing, not saying that there's, you know, a surplus or a lot of loving, caring porn out there, but I mean, there's some porn that's extra degrading, like extra, um, you can tell like the point of it is, uh, you know, you feel inferior to this type of conventionally uh, hot woman. So, but but you also have a strong physical urge for women like this. Um, And you reconcile it, you know, and your weird revenge fantasies mixed with sexual attraction by um, having them be, you know, very sexually debased. And there's like a lot of that in this to me. Like, there were just scenes where she's getting hit from behind um, sexually that were just went on too long and all this moaning and close-ups of her face and one, this one really long one where she's giving like a blowjob and this is like graphic for no reason and it just seemed, I'm not saying like I'm a sexual prude or anything, but it just seemed to have no point but to um, debase and I just wonder I'm just going to let the people get to it. I'll just go to the calls. Hey, Jasper, how's it going? Hello? Hey, how are you? Can you hear me? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, Jasper is one of the people that warned me against uh, watching this, and then I told her that, that uh, Q uh, said that, you know, he wants to do this next. He was mean for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, you should be like, you should ring him out. Yeah, I know, I know. I just couldn't <laughs> believe. I, I could not believe he did not actually finish this thing. <laughs> it's so rude. I could, I could only watch that movie. Like I, um, I speed sped through it. Like you know the like the five second, uh, like skip. So I watched it like that, like skipping. In the oh, movie. oh, the way the way I got through it is if, uh, you know, if you watch it on. The computer, uh, Netflix, when you watch it on your devices, doesn't do this. But on the computer, you can speed up the speed. So you can make it like um, 1.5 speed, whatever. And people were talking about it like a death of cinema. But I got to say, Netflix knew they were going to release a load of crap in the coming year. Because that was the best feature they could have ever made, was that uh, super speed feature. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm going to use that next time. There's a weird movie that I want to watch. Oh, but, oh wait, um, wait, 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 G- yeah. can I add an extra tip? There, on Chrome, okay. there's a um, uh, program called, video, there's an add-on called Video Speed Controller, and you can use it to make YouTube videos and any other videos go past the maximum double speed that they, you know, give you on YouTube, because some, some YouTube videos are like, three hours long and I'd rather watch my three times speed or whatever. It turned out that add on, I realized about halfway through the movie works on Netflix. So then I, I cranked nice. it up even to like double speed speed to get through it. So 
yeah because there's some scenes like they're just like stomach churning anyways I think there's I hopped on because you said something and I was like oh I was literally reading something that kind of reflects this which is um Freud has a like art his like it was an essay on the uncanny and he gets into the I mean like he's gone into this topic a couple times but the idea of like the eye being like um he he says like the eye is a um kind of like the male member like he's like a penis um I think like I and and he talks about and what this relates to cinema is like often cinema like you know people who do film kind of refer like I've heard it referred often as like a penis I think Patton Oswalt has a joke about like how like you know uh it's a joke about it's supposed to be like a feminist you know woke joke about like how uh you know like a, a filmmaker, you know, just shoots a, a lot of film and you like jizzes all over the place. And then like uh, the like female editor, like a lot of our favorite films are edited by women. Anyways, the whole feminist point, that's not the idea. The point is that like, <clears throat> like, you know, when you're m- mentioning like, you know, it's, it's almost pornographic and there's this like resentment, like, I, like what I got from it, anytime like the men are looking at Marilyn Monroe, it's not, you don't see desire, you see like hatred and there's no sense of desire yes and it's like she it's like the one thing she's known for is being the like one of the most desirable women to have ever existed and like that doesn't come across so i think there was one scene where it kind of came across where joe dimaggio kind of wants to protect her and talks about protecting her and giving her a normal life but whenever it happens it's like a trick and the person ends up actually um hating her uh, so yeah, even the few times it does appear, it's uh, the rug is pulled out for her. Th- those two guys are kind of presenting it to her. But first of all, those two guys seem so sleazy the way they played them. Like it, I never got a sense that they were anything but sleazy. But then at the end, they end up being like you know, um, practically driving her to suicide. Basically, it's interesting because I think you're talking about like her two her the two husbands that are like yeah right. It's Miller and and Jim. DiMaggio, like no, like oh, 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 wait, wait, no, no. I say the two guys. I meant um, Edward oh. Robertson Jr. and um, oh, the thing that yeah, yeah, basically the, the thing they totally made up, and they were played so sleazily and weird, you know, and they were selling her all these castles in the sky, and they ended up like blackmailing her and doing that weird thing, pretending to be her father, and it, so it's like yeah, yeah. E- even the love was hateful. Like, yeah, I don't even think Marilyn Monroe would have been like she's like this naive like following. Oh, another guy is gonna, like the tenth man in a row is going to screw you over. Like big, you know, like it's a big surprise. I feel like throughout her life, like you know, she's a woman in Hollywood in like this freaking fifties and sixties. Like she had no choice in a lot of ways. Like, but like what I see, like you know, when you look back at her life, her movies, her whatever, like you see a resilience. Like, she's strong, actually. Yeah, and, and I would throw in, too, you have to have a certain level of canniness to operate at Hollywood in that level, especially like in the studio system and everything. So this idea that she just had no agency or control, like, I'm not denying that she had messiness in her life. But, I mean, this this woman, I just can't see her uh, putting on her shoes in the morning the, the, the way they had her. She's just so naive. Like, you know, it's it's... I don't know. Yeah, she was like, I think Anna de Armas was for sure told like, "Hey, be a, be a sexy baby." From like that was that's her like acting uh, direction from like Andrew, I guess. Like 
it yeah so I was just like mm. this movie really just I mean it was like a I couldn't get through it like the the like it was just like trauma after trauma after trauma so I again I really didn't watch it properly but I didn't feel it deserved that respect anyway so yeah I mean the one thing that makes me not get too obsessively mad at the movie is everyone else saw how bad it was I mean the worst thing for me the thing that gets me fixated on um, bad stuff is when everyone inexplicably likes it and then that just makes me like, obsessed mm. with it like how can everyone like something this crappy but this one I was one of the few times where I felt like um, you know the public sentiment was right where it needed to be so it, it but when I first saw the public sentiment I thought okay is this the kind of stuff where like people are stands so they don't want to see anything bad about you know the heroes because Marilyn Monroe did have a lot of mess- messiness in in her life. So I thought it was that at first. I gave the movie the benefit of the doubt that a lot of people were just didn't want to see. You know, like, let people enjoy things. Let people enjoy Marilyn. You know, uh, we don't want to hear anything bad about her. Like, like I thought it was like just people childishly maybe sticking their fingers in their ears and um, saying la la la. I can hear you. But then when I saw, I was like, okay, no, no, uh, no. People are actually right on this. This is just really. Um, hateful. I have a question for you, right? What do you think the female gaze is? I, I was thinking about this. Everyone knows what the male gaze is, and they parody it, and they, um, you know, um, c- criticize um, it. It's usually like the camera lingering on boobs or whatever. And I was trying to think, like, what would the female gaze look like? And there are any any movies like with it? Like, 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 what would a female camera linger okay. on? Okay. Okay. So I can tell you, like the in a in a rom-com like the part that gets me is always when like the male hero is like opening up about some deep <laughs> feeling bullshit to the like it's just like something he's never told anybody you know it's like really it's usually something really cheesy or something or like okay um like in when harry met sally i think you know like all those talks that him like that billy crystal and meg ryan have and it like sort of builds and builds like that for me is just like i'm like that's what I want. That's the that's. What I'm, see, see, <laughs> like, that's that's the fantasy. But I feel like the gaze is literally where the camera is looking, like how the camera moves, because okay. the idea um, that the camera is the man's head, so it's like almost like eye tra- eye tracking. Right. And I was wondering, like, where does where do the female eyes track? Like, I I feel like I always hear people criticize the male gaze, like it's leering and whatever. And I always wonder what is the positive vision of uh, the female gaze rather than what it's not, like what it actually is. But, okay, so so let me just, okay, to, to uh, clarify. So in those scenes, they're like walking through New York and it's like you get a bit of the s- setting, there's mood. Like Nora Ephron's very intentional with the way she shoots these things. Or like, I mean, she didn't shoot that film, but she's, I'm sure she had... Um, say in it um so like I think like because I I I don't see women like getting off on anything like that like you know like because okay in blonde you see like the like the camera is used to like you know literally objectify her she's like you know parts of her body or her like she's naked or whatever like and that I get that that that's erotic but like I don't know yeah for I'm just talking I'm not speaking for all women but like for me it's just like you know you get it's like it it's kind of a turn off to have the camera like really be so controlling over what you're seeing so like 
seeing like more of where the characters are like I, of course I'm giving like a very typical like women feelings <laughs> but that's generally how, genuinely how I feel like it, it can be done like it is a gaze but it's a gaze that's like less forceful kind of more like back yeah more some, more subtle like, like like not like blatantly staring yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah like they're and, and I would say, like, maybe it's almost like the setting, it's set up like a tableau. Like, you get a feeling, like, in Nora Ephron films, there's, you get this, like, really great crystallized uh, idea of what New York is. Like, like you have, like, the characters speaking in, in, in the foreground, in the background, there's, like, a little drama happening between, like, some taxi drivers and, like, people on the street, like, yelling at each other. And that's, like, and not to say that that's, like, like all female gaze but like i think it's like there's something very feminine about that way style of shooting like it kind of builds it there's texture to it there's like a lot of layers to it yeah i don't think i ever watched the yeah. nora efron movie but i'm gonna tr- i'm gonna try it oh my god oh dude like okay yes the, the, she's a she's very good she's very good she like there's a lot of attention to detail i i mean like, you've got male as one right Sally's a classic Yes, you've got mail. That's actually the one I was talking about that had the little like New York tableau where like characters are speaking in the foreground and there's something in the background happening. She and she she used to call it like texture. She's like, I need like my films to have texture. She's like, there needs to be something like, you know, more than one thing grabbing your attention. Oh, no, I'm wrong. She did Harry Met Sally. I have seen. I have seen. She Well, she she wrote that one. She didn't. Direct it. Oh, OK. Oh, I, I see. So she's a writer and a director. Not, I mean, I mean, she's she's done just writing, not just. She's not always a writer director, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, I see. Oh, she oh, she wrote a lot of. I knew she was big, but I didn't know she was behind all these movies. That's that's interesting. No, she was a very like prolific in her lifetime, and she was like just and also just smart, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy that the, it's, we bridged to Nora Ephron. It's a greener. So so, so how how many did she direct? Um, I think like I, I know she did Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, You've got mail, and then I I know she did Julia and Julia. Um, I don't know if she did another film in there, but those are the three that I. Okay, know. so I don't think I've ever seen her. Um, anything she directed, but. I've seen a bunch of stuff she she wrote. I didn't know she wrote all of these things that I'm seeing right here. Uh, oh, we got a roast cue. He's up. oh yeah yeah. There you go. No, I was telling I was telling them how I I feel tricked that you uh it was your idea to watch this and you told me you didn't finish it and I suffered through it. And I just wanted to figure out what it was that was driving everyone like nuts about this movie. But my God, man, it was so boring. Yeah, it was it was it was really boring. But uh, you know, I thought you saw it already, so I'm like, okay, I can't let you down. He he, he sat through this, so uh, so I got to sit through it. And then he told me he didn't. I was like, oh god. Let me let me let me let me just remind you whose idea it was. Whose, whose idea was it to call this show media masochists and and to take it in this direction? Yeah, but I mean, everybody has their limits. And this this safe words. I mean, the safe words exist for a reason. Yeah. This was I need a safe word for this one. This one was pretty pretty bad. It was uh, brutal. But uh, uh, hey, Jasper, do you have any uh, parting thoughts? I'm actually gonna watch a. What's a good starter? Wait, hang on a second. Did we lose the Did we lose um, the video function? Oh no! Oh no! No, we didn't lose the video function. I just didn't know how to use it yet, so I didn't. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to like play with it okay. first. Yeah. 
So fair warning, I love these films because I'm like a huge romance, like romantic comedy nerd. Um, So like they're films that really like um, improve with watches. So like I've I've watched those films like seven times and by like the seventh time I was like, oh my God, this is not just like, uh, like my, you know, it's not just my like usual like comfort food. It's actually got some vegetables in there. Um, So like, um, yeah, You've Got Mail is... Like, the thing is, it's one of those movies where I initially thought I hated it, and then after a while, I was like, oh, no, it's actually genius, because I, I think the overall message is more cynical than, like, it's a happy rom-com, but in it, there's some, like, deep, cynical narrative about, like, capitalism and, <laughs> and um, like, how how our, like, world is set up for doom, and even in some ways, like, online dating, it has a bit of, a, like, a, maybe a little a bit of a critique of it in, in there as well. Um, if you're like looking for it, um, I think otherwise you it kind of gets away with being like. Doesn't that feel like just another wrong? Doesn't that feel so anachronistic? Like like you've got mail. Like so many people have no idea what that means. Like at the time, AOL seemed like it was just going to be a permanent part of our lives, and now it's just totally totally uh, gone. Yeah, I grew up with Messenger, which I feel like that was even like a shorter. Yeah. So somebody tweeted once and it was such an interesting thought. They said, you know, something so shameful that, you know, everybody had that one day that was the last day they ever logged into Messenger. <laughs> you know, it was like, damn, that is true. <laughs> like like you never made an you never made a declaration that, hey, I'm gonna quit Messenger. It just you just logged in less and less so you just forget forgot to ever log in. And I so wish that could happen with Twitter, but it's so perfectly designed to be um, addictive. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm I've I've been using it a lot less these days. So I use it a lot less, but I can't just quit it. And I miss the days when you could actually quit by accident. Or something <laughs> like like things were so bad, mm. things were so not nefariously engineered that you could actually um, quit something by accident. Like that that's I miss those days of engineering when they weren't engineering them to be like cocaine and nonstop dopamine hits. Yeah. But I mean, what what can you do? Um, okay, Jasper, thanks Thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank cool. you so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, how's it going, uh, Colonel COVID? Yeah, can you hear me all right? Um, I can hear you, but I can hear a lot of yeah, other stuff, too. Your, your yeah. Loud. I'm in the back of a bus, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I watched this movie, and I think you might understand where I'm coming from this, but... This movie, I realize what's going on with this. This movie is what happens when you have a discourse—a discourse about like you know, quote-unquote toxic masculinity—in a movie when there are no like, when there are no soy guys around to be take your anger out on. You know what I'm trying to say? Let me just make that my opening thought. Wait, what? Wait, I think I think saying when you try to have a movie about toxic masculinity, but there's no soy guys in the narrative. You're saying, yeah, this is what you. This is kind of an example of what you get. What do you think, soy guys? And and, and you should mute when you're not talking because there's a lot of noise in the background. Um, well, yeah. So writer, there's soy the guys. We saw it in uh, what do you think, soy guys, would add to the narrative? You kind of. It's it's kind of. We all see what it's for as the audience because we're we're not idiots. But I think for the writer, it's to maintain a sort of cognitive distance. Um, 
it's not work. It's not. Here's here's the problem. I think I can understand what you're trying to say, and I want to ask you to elaborate. But the problem is, it's really noisy in the back where you are every time you talk. So I think what we're gonna have to do is, I don't know if you're headed home or something, but I think we're gonna have to move on. And if you get to a quiet place, uh, in that case, I'll call. Oh, is that any better now? Is any better now? Um, it can hear you, but the, it's not about hearing you. It's like about the background noise. So. Yeah, I think it'd be easier if you just uh, call back from a quieter. Uh, all, right. all right, so so yeah, yeah, just call back in when you're in a quieter place. Uh, hey, Trevon. Feel free to unmute. Um, oh, there we go. Cool. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Um, so I'm kind of going to throw this off a little bit. Uh, I didn't see the film, but I've been reading a few of the uh, some commentary and some reviews about it. And uh, it's very interesting. Uh, one thing in particular um, I've noticed from like even the New York Times and Collider that a lot of people think that uh, Andrew Dominic's depiction is like wildly off from the books. Like... Um, in the sense that it's more exploitative and it doesn't have the same dimension. But uh, I've, I've read an article that interviewed the author, Joyce uh, Carol Oates, and she says that it's, it's actually closer to what she thinks, like, Monroe's life was than, like, even, like, her own book. Like, it's really bizarre. Like, she says that even herself she couldn't get through the whole movie in one sitting because it was so emotionally exhausting, but she praises it for being as close to her real life as she believes. I didn't. So I, th- I found that. In particular yeah. Movie. I didn't read the book myself, but I read Joyce Carol Oates tweets and they said similar to what you were saying. So, w- w- so it made me think that her book was like that, you know, where she was saying uh, how she liked the movie and it was hard to watch, but it was really good. So, so that's interesting. So she's so, they're saying that her book is actually more respectful than that. Yeah, it's so bizarre. And like, uh, cause the reviews that I've read, they were like two days. They were posted on the respective websites two days after that review. I mean, after that interview of hers was um, uploaded, I think, to the AV Club. It was like a bunch of outlets, but I saw it first on like the AV Club, and I was like, huh, I guess they had these in the tank and didn't, you know check to see whether or not the author had something to say before they went and submitted their uh, their articles or if the editor just decided, ah, you know, we got to put something out there for it. But it was just weird how, like, opposite it was, their um, their takes on it. And also I wanted to say that um, uh, the movie itself from, like, watching it, it's, like, about three hours. And I, I don't know if I can... I, I, I was planning on watching it, but it was like, dude, if this is what you guys are, like, describing it, uh, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and just run through it all night just to see just how bad this has to be. Like, this sounds tragically bad. And I like Andrew Dominic. Like, I like his movie, uh, Killing Them Softly, which was, I thought it was, like, a pretty good um, depiction of, like, 2008 through Gangsters. Like, do gangsterism, like how the gangster economy kind of mimics the uh, old crash? 
So I was like, really? He dropped the ball on this? He's really good at commentary. But then, you know, I figured out it was an actual adaptation and not like his like original, like um, his original screenwriting. And I was like, okay. Well, I still have to figure out for myself. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, I don't know Killing Them Softly. Um, I saw the ads for it. I've seen the ads for various things he's done. And um, but unfortunately, this is the first thing of his that I actually watched. And I've heard similar to you that some of his stuff is good, but I mean, this is like one of the worst uh, first impressions. It's, it's, it's like you know, like like your first time meeting, um, seeing a woman. Like she takes a shit in the bed, and someone's like, "Well, that's really uncharacteristic for her." Don't judge her by <laughs> seeing her take a shit in the bed. She's actually a wonderful girl. It's like, okay. I just can't see it. I don't know. Maybe she is, but because this movie was uh, the cinematic version to me of shitting the bed. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a bit much. And I kept thinking of um, there was an episode back in the day of Sex in the City where this guy, I guess, he watched too much porn, and um, every time he would have sex with one of the girls, I forget which one, the one that was kind of like the prude. I think her name is. Uh, it's Charlotte. That's that's the one. I always get the name Charlotte and um, Samantha mixed up. It was Charlotte, and he couldn't uh, finish unless he said uh, "fucking bitch, fucking whore." Like 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 he couldn't uh, not say not have sex uh, without saying "fucking bitch, fucking whore." So then she, you know, told him that. Do you realize every time you have sex, you say uh, "fucking bitch, fucking whore" when you? Uh, finish and he's like oh my god i can't believe i i said that i don't even remember saying it uh you know i'll never say i'll never say it again i guess i've just been watching too much uh porn and she's trying to have sex with him again and it's going on forever and he's like trembling and he's like um having like all these um issues like finishing and she's like okay just say it so he, he just she just says like, fucking bitch fucking whore and then and then he he uh, finishes, and then they never did again. And for some reason, when I was watching this, I'm like, "This feels like a movie that guy would make if he was a film director." Like, uh, he just can't, he just can't think about uh, sex without throwing in a fucking bitch, fucking whore in in, in it. You know, <laughs> like I just uh, kept hearing the words "you fucking bitch, fucking whore" every time there was sex being had in this uh, movie. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's that's really unfortunate because um, I think he's a really good director. Uh, from uh, I haven't seen the assassination of uh, Jesse James like in like ten years, but I remember enjoying that. But um, I think yeah, I remember being very well reviewed too. I I didn't see it, but I remember it being very well reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was um it was widely uh, acclaimed. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Again, I haven't seen it in a at least a decade, but yeah, I remember enjoying it the first time I watched it. But yeah, if you ever get a chance, you know, if you can kind of move past that impression, yeah, give Killing Them Softly a try. It's um, I think it's probably his most underrated out of all like four or five of his movies or something like that. But yeah. All right, it sounds it sounds good. I will I will give it a, give it a try. Um. So I want to move on, and while we're moving on, I'm going to ask. Oh, also, I invited uh, Jaspreet to become a speaker if she wants, because I realize it's probably nice to have some um, balance from a from a woman on here, considering how I think there's a lot of. Um, Are you, you calling this a sausage well, party? Well, this is a movie. This is. 
Hmm? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Sarah, how's it going? Oh, good, good, good. So, I'll, you know, I'll be honest. I, I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, 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 thought, I, I got excited. I thought you said, I'll be honest, I loved it. And I was going to be so happy because I'm, I'll be so curious to hear from a woman who, love, who actually okay, here's, loved here's this the thing. thing. It's not... It's not- so I, I actually read uh, the book. Hold on, hold on, Sarah. Just, just one thing. Just one thing. I mean, I, can you can you help me out with this one? What is it about this yeah. movie that, for about a week and a half, just drove people fucking berserk? Just drove them out of their minds. I'm not clear what it was. So based on the discourse. So I whether to watch it based on the discourse, and I as a basically Twitter lurker slash person quitting but keep going back i think a lot of the just like the first thing i heard about it was um yeah like the author uh joyce carol Oates. people like getting mad at her for actually liking it or saying it's pretty accurate to her work and also apparently there's a scene an abortion scene that was in it yeah there's a couple yeah, of the, that's what i heard and, yeah there's, there's the abortion and, and a miscarriage and both are tasteless there's yeah okay like i i haven't seen it so i'm not too sure but yeah i think a lot of like certain type of like media feminists have kind of gone after it calling it pro like propaganda so i was like oh wow like is that the case i think that's i think a, a lot of like the initial but this is like really before it came out it was just initial reviews so like i didn't know what was real and what wasn't you know you know but, th- um, that's very weird are you trying to say that these media feminists think it was somehow being critical of abortion by showing i, I honestly don't, i mean people have this thing where just portraying something is endorsement pretty much endorsement <laughs> that's the mentality if you believe that watching say she hulk makes you a good feminist or makes mm. you a progressive person then obviously portrayed abortion, regardless of how you portray it. In a, if you show it like that, then it means that you think it's bad and you want to outlaw it, et cetera. That's, that's my... That's just, amaz- that's just amazing to me that, that something as bad as this, somehow people can still find the wrong reason to, to be mad at it. Like It's almost like a talent. It's a, it blows my mind. There's so many things wrong yeah, with so, this. How can you mess this up? Exactly. I think- so that's... I mean, I even consider, but yeah, Jasmine, like something with like the feminine, uh, the female gay. So, um, I have you ever seen it's. I don't know if there's really counts as the female gaze for film because, I mean, most mainstream films are made for men who like women. So it's kind of hard to find something for the female gaze. If you kind of want to see it, I always you kind of have to find that in a lot of gay cinema where men are seen as the object of desire. Like, have you ever seen the movie Cruising with, uh, say, Al Pacino and Bill Friedkin directed it? Yeah. It came out like a 1980. Yeah, very interesting movie. Like, right now it's Halloween. I mean, if anyone wants to see a good, like, horror, I mean, it really essentially is a horror movie. If everyone wants to watch a horror movie, I really recommend Cruising. I personally love that film. It's It's been condemned as homophobic. I, there that are elements, but I still so, think it's a great. That movie is so film. like it. It is a bizarre concoction. Like I, I still don't know what to make of it. All these years later, it, it's. I mean, it's a bizarre, but it is. I enjoy it. It's an enjoyable film, and I mean, people use the term unapologetically black, which I <sighs> freaking hate so much. But 
<laughs> One thing about that kind of movie, I feel like in this yeah. current, um, I hate to use the word PC because because if you say PC or woke, you sound like a reactionary. But uh, in in this type of era where um, everything has to be affirming, um, yeah. you couldn't make a movie like that. And it's like there's a CD yeah. under. I mean, there's a lot of explicitly sexual. Yeah, like, it is explicit, and it really rubs like the audience including like a straight audience face in it which is what i always love about it like it's just it's honest yeah and and i feel like the movie was really more trying to um make a commentary on uh, heterosexuality in in, in an odd way yeah. it, it, it's talking about like the hypocrisy of heterosexuality and i always felt like there was something yeah. about um the unresolved um gay desires of a heterosexual man that um uh, Make him extra yeah. uncomfortable, like and that's Al Pacino's character. You don't know. You don't know if he's gay, if he's straight, if he kind of stumbles upon his like homosexuality, if it's heterosexual. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It's like, oh wait, wait, wait! You're cutting, you're cutting in and out a little bit. I don't know what's. So speaking about the gays. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Can you hear me a little better now? Yeah, yeah, but but you might want to back up yeah. a sentence, so a sentence or two. Um, there's a scene in the film. Okay, okay. So there's a scene in the film where uh, Pacino's character is kind of walking down a street, and he's getting like checked out by a bunch of men. So, and I always felt like, for like a woman or say a gay man, like you notice that instantly before like a straight male audience, it really puts them in that position to kind of see kind of the desire and like really like I want you. That scene. Like, have you ever seen the film? Remember that scene? Yeah, yeah, that that that's a great point about like how scary it might feel for a woman when you see all that male lust being directed your way and you feel like alone. Yeah, yeah that's like that's a great point because I, I did kind of feel that way watching it. You know, you feel very un- uncomfortable and like visually violated uh, in that in that scene. Yeah, yeah, and like I really feel like that is a good way of like showing men a certain type of. It's not really a female gaze, but a non straight man desiring a woman gaze like that perspective yeah because even things like uh say uh promising young woman i never felt something that really felt like what you would call like a a female gaze or anything it just felt almost like, like at best neutral but it still no it, it didn't want to scare yeah exactly scare. exactly <laughs> i know that movie there, which i me too i hate that movie so much it was so much wasted potential Big, big time. Because like, okay, why they made her. Why she have been, like, yeah, it, it was very chicken now. Yeah. They like chickened out, like, and also I, not just the chicken. I think they deep down they think like a rape woman is a solid woman, and for their hero, the female hero cannot. Mm, I felt that way about uh, this movie, um, Easy Easy A or something, uh, with Emma Stone, and it was like she, um, they, they're trying to make a lesson yeah. about slut shaming, but. She's not. Re- yeah, but she's not. Yeah, slut. yeah, and I'm like, okay, so you st- at least make her a slut, make her proud. But they were, just, they just put it like deep down there, like we don't want her. To be yeah, so it's very clear that the movie itself judges judges sluts. Like, like you're afraid to make her a real slut because you, as a writers, would lose uh, respect for her. So your whole movie is like undermined. Like, why does it have to be a lie? It's just bullshit. I mean, it, it's the same industry that gives Jessica Gao a career. So <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sorry. She just drives me crazy. <laughs> wait, wait. I just, like, I was just scrolling, and I just saw, like, She-Hulk was, like, what? Like, 82% approval. And what? I'm, like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, like who are these critics? Who are these people? The, the both of you are exhibiting uh, internalized misogyny, and I'm not, <laughs> not going to stand for it personally. <laughs> and when oh, I discovered God. her pitch for Black Widow, like, I, I'm before you brought it up, brought it up like i read that um i think it was on the collider or screen rant where they discussed uh that interview she did where she her pitch for black widow was uh her coming back to school or something yeah and, like, she's going to a high school reunion <laughs> the black widow. and i'm like that I'm like that's that's obviously a joke right i'm like that this cannot be real she's obviously broke. and it made no and like i've honestly, and it made no sense for the history of the character within the fictional universe because she was in this like red room of super spies and you know she was trained to be an international like assassin and super martial artist and the best you could think of with her is to have a high school reunion uh where she was in school in the midwest and it's like well, uh-huh or maybe, like, or maybe what in the Hallmark movie? <laughs> or maybe I, I'm gonna guess this. I think that she was Jessica Gao. She's ri- originally say a super spy for Phyllis Schlafly, in order to prove that uh, women you can't just trust women writers or women creatives in Hollywood. Because if you put women in charge, they're gonna get crap like that. That's my conspiracy. Oh, it's a psyop. <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, do you think they're trying to like uh, promote? Because I always wonder about this with some of the black creators or promote. They're just trying to get the worst ones in position that they can. So then uh, it'll set things back so far. You know, it'll be like one step forward and 10 steps back. And you just won't want to hire like marginalized people for like a good 10 years. It'll be a moratorium on. I mean, that's kind of like the, the, the undercover brother. Oh, remember like the yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they got I guess a, a I guess a cold old stand in, and just uh. Wait, you're starting to break up again. I don't know what happened. Oh, it's a little, yeah. No, oh, I, I probably I was I'm the phone far away. But oh, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of like the the joking plot of Undercover Brother. <laughs> Oh, you sound good now. Yeah. Yes, it, I, so I, I got. I mean, you've uh, you brought it up, but like, I, I'm like wondering what's when is this gonna end? Like, I thought with Biden at least, like this type of stuff would just end, and not make any more money. But it's as strong as ever. I have a feeling it's kind of low key already ended, but I feel like it's like those. Um, Islands in, uh, you know, the smaller Japanese islands at the end of World War Two, that they didn't know that that Japan oh, lost, so they were just holding down these. Or they didn't know and they y- y- refused to like kind of acknowledge. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, no, I don't, I don't think people have gotten the message yet. You know, like like with the the, fort- the yeah. fortifications in the in those places, people were just oh. the last holdouts. You know, still defending. You know, the, the fortifications right. in the Philippines. In Indonesia, yeah, they felt like in the seventies they discovered like a group of, yeah, like Japanese, like World War Two era Japanese, like yeah, that I, I think they didn't get the message, or they thought it was propaganda that Japan. Lost. Yeah, I have a strong feeling a lot of um, the things we're seeing is like sheer momentum, or or um, things that were already in place from before, you know, so they kind of have to see them through. Like, like I don't think Hollywood can stop on a dime. 
I think uh, they have to clear out a lot of um, dead weight and, you know, finish like a lot of things they, they started. Like, there's few exceptions, like that Warner Brothers just out and out canceled a completed movie, like that background movie. But I think that's by far the exception. I think, so I think we have to let all the old product, like things like She-Hulk were filmed in 2020, I read. And, oh, yeah. and it was pushed back several times because they had to retool it. It was that bad. Uh, and they, they supposedly did an original ending. They move episodes around. So it's like, so clearly they could tell that thing was kind of bad. And, and, and they had to finish it because they, they committed to it. You know, they, they were going to do it. But when you look at what's coming down the pike, I feel like there's less and less announcements of this type of terrible stuff. Uh, so uh, things like Velma was the last one I saw. And that one was um, worked on and finished for like for like years. Uh, so, yeah, I think. What do you think? Yeah, good. What do you think the, like, the, 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 like, what the Amber Heard moment is going to be for this? Like what? Like I Because I think the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial probably had collapsed the Me Too movement, or at least the certain excesses of it. What do you think that version of, like, say this, yeah, like, I, using the word, I hate the word woke when conservative. Yeah, no, know. I, I know what you mean. You I started know, using, uh, to I started using toxic social justice yeah. as a, another word, yeah. phrase, maybe, but. Uh, I'll say this, if conservatives got their way, like those, I mean, the, the, the right-wing version of, like, those types. Yeah. We'd get that Hunter Biden movie. Oh, or those Christian movies. That's their version. Oh that's no, that's that's totally that's totally true. I I agree with. I, I, yeah, I always hear people say, "Oh, like you know the uh, the conservative, yeah, it'll suck. It won't be as bad." I'm like, oh, "No, no." I mean, I brought in my brain watching a lot of like ironically like, bad like conservative versions of that. But I'm like, it would be just probably even worse. But no, I just, I, I'm just hoping to get to a day where we just get good stuff. But I don't even know if it, we probably went beyond that. I mean, with the streaming systems, the collapse of a lot of like movie theaters, things like that. I just don't know. I saw a pretty good movie the other day with Kate Blanchett. It was called uh, Tar. And it was. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, movie. and I was. was it yeah, it was watching. It was good. I think. The last third of it didn't quite stick the landing, but even in its flaws, it was a million times better than so many other things. And I started wondering, can I even trust myself anymore? Like when the last couple of things yeah. I watch, when you're grading on a curve, it, when you're grading on, yeah, a curve, yeah I mean, Kate Batch, I usually like her most stuff, so I'll probably give that one. Like I've seen like uh, like advertisements, so I'll get like I, I usually like most of what she's in, so I'll probably give that a shot. But yeah, I mean the last. It always feels like you're great. The last two or three things I watched were like what it was like. Um, it, it was it was before I watched Blonde, but I mean I tried Rings of Power, then I tried She Hulk, then uh, I watched um some of Loki, and it was all so bad. I'm like, okay, so I'm walking into this thing, and basically, if you just look like you can remember what you wrote on the first page, by the time you get to the twentieth page in your screenplay. I'm already impressed at this point. Like, like my brain has just gotten so rotted out from just bad. I mean, I've been watching shows where they forget the plot in the same episode. Like, like it's like, how did you forget it? This has to be in the same screenplay. Like, how did you get to page 10 and you forgot your own uh, plot? Like, it's that incompetent. Uh, and 
I mean, they they cut a lot of corners, like not just in special effects, but even like editing too. Like a lot of it's. Well, not just that. Like a lot of like. Oh, well, for sure, and that, and with hiring writers too. Um, I I will say this last thing. There's no showrunners. Jessica Galvin. Yeah, she's not showrunner. She's she's she's. Have you heard about the um? I think who was it that that uh, that mentioned this? I think it was Tooncock, but uh, was talking about how um, like there there aren't not only aren't any showrunners, but like the way that they're making, like the way that they're making shows and movies now, um, like with Marvel. Is that they basically just like have a series of like scenes and sketches that they kind of use interchangeably. Like it, it's less a matter of like writing a story out from beginning to end and more like plotting out a choose your own adventure novel that gets focus tested for the strongest or like for the, for the, I don't know, like for the scenes that they like best. Yeah, that was Doomcock. Yeah. yeah. He did say that. And, and I believe it. He didn't have proof, but. You can totally feel it. And for example, they give little hints of it because in uh, a recent interview that came out about a week or so ago, um, they admitted that there was an alternate ending to She-Hulk filmed. So it makes me, it makes me wonder too if they're watching maybe Twitter chatter, and maybe maybe they're choosing it in real time. Like like maybe they don't even make the final decision before the show starts airing. Maybe they're still crafting the choose your own adventure. While watching social media, I won't be surprised if they, if they even do that. I mean, it it seems like like hot. Like I watched She Hulk for the first time a couple of months ago because I honestly didn't believe you that like you and he that it was that bad. I'm like like come on, like the writing can't be that bad. I've seen a lot of garbage. I took me about a week to watch a few episodes. Mm. Did you watch it for did you watch it for Nelly? The, yeah. the, fin- <laughs> the finale, I think, is is almost groundbreaking and risk taking and amazing in how bad it is. Like, in a strange way, it's like I feel like I witnessed history. Like, I've never seen a mainstream product make it to, to screen with that amount of money behind it be that incompetent. It's like it's it's like um, children wrote it. Uh, I, I've, but but not even like functioning children, like like just uh, just just I don't know what kind of children, drunk children. I I have no idea it's, the kind of children that would write this thing. Gonna make me, gonna make me too depressed. <laughs> I I haven't been this depressed since I saw like the George Floyd protest devolve into what it was. Like that honestly caused almost like me to break down emotionally. <laughs> I just can't really take a lot of this stuff. <laughs> like, this is like what talent is on. I sent, because I'm, I'm like fixated on her career. I sent Q an article today of a profile of Jessica Gavin 2013. And it was just very um, interesting because it shed, it, shed it shed a lot of light. And the interview says, this is pretty short, so I'll just read it. It goes, question, how did you get started in TV writing? And she goes, Unlike pretty much every TV writer I know, I did not plan to be a writer. I was actually an art major. First of all, that's scary that almost every TV writer she knows didn't plan to be a writer. Because I think I think she's right, but I don't think it's a good thing. I think a lot of people just get into it because they just think it'd be good money and they're bored and and they have the connections and they just think it'd be cool to be famous. So I really do believe because a lot of people who are becoming writers now, like uh, TV writers, are people who are getting into it from like uh, sideways, like you know, like from um, 
doing other things, including academia even. Like, it's it's very bizarre. But uh, she goes, I was actually an art major, super useful degree. That's not me saying that. That's, that's in the text. Um, and just started working at a lot of random odd jobs because, A, I had that super useful art degree, and, B, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up working at a big entertainment marketing agency, going in as a two-day temp and somehow staying for a year. My boss wanted me to stop insisting I was still a temp and offered to promote me, so I quit. I knew that if I got promoted, started earning a salary and received benefits, I would get complacent and not do anything else. Then I would probably be dead inside. I had a lot of friends who wrote and drew comics, and they helped me see that I was very interested in storytelling and writing, which kind of blew my mind, like... How do you not know if you're at that age if you're not interested in storytelling and writing? I think they probably just made her see that, hey, this is something that you can probably break into. Um, I know her class background because that sounds super privileged. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. Like, like she, she has the ability to just kind of uh, be a dilettante and decide to break into um, comics. I think what her friends probably told her because a lot of people who write and draw comics around this time are kind of like. Um, these social justice types who are doing it to get into TV writing and, and other types of writing. I got to feel she had those kind of friends. I don't think she had friends who are like the old school comic writers who grew up as fans or whatever, or just into comics. So I think when she said they helped me see that I was very interested in storytelling and writing, I think the men that's interested in this as, you know, a career path that I would find, you know, uh, self-aggrandizing or whatever. So she goes, this is interesting. I never finished a comic of my own because I was too lazy to draw the whole thing after I'd done the story part. I decided I should write for animation because it seemed like a good transition from comics. It already had a system in place where I could do the story part and the art stuff was someone else's problem. But I didn't know the first thing about TV, the entertainment industry, writing professionally, etc. I sent out a mass email to all my comic book friends that basically said, I've decided to become an animation writer but I don't know how. If you know, tell me right now. So she had no interest in being a writer. That is insane. Had no training. That is insane. Holy shit. Okay, that sounds so fake on yeah, some level. Like, like, so I'm, I'm like, going to, thanks for letting me stay on the line for a while. I'm just going to get my other. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. That, no problem. Uh, I, I got off, like, everything. I needed <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks so much, Sarah. Appreciate you being up here. Thank you. Take bye. care. I know it sounds fake, but I hear more and more stories like this. I totally yeah, yeah, believe I it. I, 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 I just want to know who are, who are comics friends. No, I don't think it's fake. Yeah, I just want to know who are comics friends. Like, they, they, I, I see them do it like on the Twitter timeline. Um, the fact that she is able to do that and succeed, though, is kind of wild. But yeah, I have, people, I have seen people literally go from like having like a like, I don't know, like tweeting like, oh, hey, I'd like to know more about this topic or whatever. And well, you know who's actually really good for this is Terrell Star, right? Well, like, solicit yes. questions on the timeline about the thing that he's supposed to be an expert in. And then, like, a month later is positioning himself, himself as, like, the unassailable expert in that area. 1619 Project Woman did that, too, oh, reparations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tweeted, hey, Jones, yeah. does anyone know anything about reparations? And then a couple months later, she's, like, she's on panels for reparations. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> She's lecturing people. You should talk to a real reparation expert like myself. And then um, Yvette Carnell pulled up her old tweet from a couple months ago asking for her. She's like, what are you even talking about? This is crazy. Yeah. No, like, like her describe. Okay, but what I mean by fake was just like she's talking about like she didn't 
make any comics. She just wrote some stuff down and never followed through. Is what she's saying. Uh, like, you didn't make a comic. You wrote some. Cr- Jasper, that like, sounds no like credentialism to me, and did, I'm so going to ask you to stop. We don't do that around here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, no, no she, she admits she never finished the comic. She she says that she was interested in storytelling and writing based on what her comics friends told her, but then uh, she was too lazy to draw what she... Uh, but what, what I don't understand is why don't you just give it to um, an artist? But uh, uh, I don't know. She, uh, I think she probably really saw the money in it and was like, oh, I don't want to toil and make you know that little money before hitting... So... Um, she goes, I decided I should write for animation because it seemed like a good transition from comics. It already had a system in place where I could do the story part and the art stuff was someone else's problem. But I didn't know the first thing about TV, the entertainment industry, writing professionally, etc. I Sorry, I went back too far. I sent out a mass email to all my comic book friends that basically said, I've decided to become an animation writer, but I don't know how. If you know, tell me right now. One of my friends knew someone who worked at Nickelodeon, and she told him I should check out the Nickelodeon Writing Fellowship. After looking through the submission guidelines and Googling how to write a script, um, I made every rookie she mistake. Googled I thought since I was to submitting to... Holy shit. So she forced dumped her way to oh a job, like like being a showrunner like i know mm-hmm. people who like breaking their backs to like write you know they're writing scripts they're trying to get like you know or try had like you know a little foot into the industry and then they like get shut right out because like the show shutters down or some sort of bullshit and i'm like this this is why i'm like it, i'm getting so angry my pressure <laughs> is like way too high right now yeah, yeah and um she she said somehow that script got me through to the semifinals and I had to turn in the second script, which I didn't have because I was, am, and probably will always be incredibly lazy. The director of the fellowship gave me four days to write a second script. She made sure to tell me it should be a spec script of a primetime sitcom, not another Nickelodeon show. At this point I was working uh, retail and putting all my eggs in this one basket. I wrote a second spec script of the office got into the writing fellowship and from there I was hired to my onto my first staff writing job on the Mighty B, which is a Nickelodeon show. Now what's interesting is in one of my live streams I thought I said about Chi Hulk, this thing feels I didn't know this about our history. And anyone who's seen my live stream knows that I said this. I said this show Sea Hulk feels like a Nickelodeon or a Disney sitcom, but for thirty five year olds like um career women. And when I found out that she actually broke in through Nickelodeon, doing Nickelodeon, uh, doing Nickelodeon shows, that's her first job. Like, okay, that explains it because she's kind of stunted at this uh, level. But I mean, the sheer pride in having no um, preparation is just amazing to me. Yeah, that's that. Um, what, what do you call that again? Uh, you, I remember you, you mentioned a word for that where uh, you, you don't. Uh, Sweet Jesus God, hold that was awful. Uh, is. Remember, T, there was a word that you had for that where people don't put any effort into a thing because it's like, well, you know, I can just get by by putting in no effort. And it's like, because like they're, oh, they're afraid to oh, actually oh, self, put in the self, self, Self-handicapping. Self-handicapping. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah, this thing is full of self-handicapping. Right. And, that's what she was we can how lazy she is. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's the thing I've noticed that I or absolutely we- hate about a lot of... Like, writers will do this on purpose. Actors, I noticed that it, um, actors don't really do it, or, but uh, writers definitely do. Is talk about like how little effort they actually put into their work, 
if I was anybody else along the chain of production or an actor who's being asked to read the script, it would infuriate me to hear that. Oh, no, I understand. Uh, yes. Uh, self-handicapping, a.k.a. as the weebs would say, oh, shit, Rock Lee's keeping the weights on. Anyway, that entire paragraph hurt my head. It is so terrible. It should be tried in the Hague for war crimes in the Congo. Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty anyway, brutal. Anyway, back to my original point. Uh, back to my original point. Uh, side note, Sarah was making a reference to uh, the, what was it, uh, Undercover Brothers. She was talking about how there was a Colin Powell stand and played by Billy D. Williams to run for president, and then they put him on some sort of weird mind-control drug through chicken, I shit you not, that has him deciding to open up his own chicken shack to spread some sort of weird drug. It's a very weird plot. <laughs> but the point I'm going to is this. Yeah, it is partly a thing of like when there's no soy guys, that's my opening thought. But I think the point I want to expand to is looking at the movie or at least the parts of the reviews I've seen, I think I've realized this. This is what happens when we're when you have the when the people of I guess you could say would you say like people in their like late twenties, early thirties, or would it be the generation majority like in this Level of writing, yes, no. Um, wait, the people who are of what age? The people in thirties and forties are doing the writing now. Late twenties, late twenties, early thirties. What do you do? You think they are at this at this level or no? Um, I mean, which level is that as far as writing this movie or because this movie? Yeah, yeah. Like no, this. this guy I think looks like he's in his fifties. I think I could be wrong, but uh. Oh Jesus Christ! We're still letting the he, so Gen X is still the main one in charge. Got it. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean the ones in this movie. I mean, uh, it depends what you're talking about. Like, I think in those uh, Marvel and Star Wars and Disney and um, those type of writing rooms, it's like young Gen X and older millennials. But I think um, for more serious movies, I think probably Gen X still has like more of a stranglehold. I think. No, 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 no. It's a very simple way to explain it. See, all the Clinton voters still are in charge. That's the way we should put it very clearly. All the people who voted for Clinton twice are the ones still in charge. I mean, like, in Hollywood, that's a given because Hollywood's pretty liberal. So I feel like, uh, and a very certain type of no, liberal. No, 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 no. There's some people who, there's a certain generation of liberals that like voted for Clinton and then like when Bush came around immediately voted for them. I know a bunch of them. They were in my mom's uh, UAW uh, chapter. Also, oh, so you don't mean voted for but, uh, Hillary like in 2008 and 2000. No, you got to remember I'm born in 91. So like Clinton was, was president for like my entire childhood. <laughs> Like, I remember playing, like, NBA Jam with my cousins and they, picking him every time. <laughs> like, that's how old I am. But anyway, back to my main point. I think what's going on here is this is the kind of view on sexuality you get when... Um, I think it's... When people talk about, like, the weird sexual dysfunction of at least my generation, they always go on about, oh, men, 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 men. But I think there is a part of this that isn't really discussed about women that isn't really to blame them, but kind of like this is sort of a change, but it's not really like co causation equals correlation or something like that. You know what I'm trying to say? It's more like 
huh, this is a very interesting observation, which is like, yeah, you have these guys tapping out of society, but you also have a lot of women who, because of how we've kind of, try not to bramble, but it feels like in society, rather than trying to be mature, teach each other to be mature and understanding about each other, we kind of just made being infantilized in vogue. You know what I'm trying to get at? I kind of know what you're trying to get at, but I'm having trouble tying it into uh, Blonde, because before you were saying how... Oh, okay, I will. Okay, I will okay. tie it in very easily. Right. Basically, the reason why is because this is why you have this very unnuanced view of sex with her, because it's so brutally unnuanced. It's like... It's like... I'm going to just say it. It's like Degrassi-level writing, but if like the CBC just said, go nuts... I mean, I didn't see the grassy, but I mean, I felt the grassy wasn't this misogynistic and hateful. If anything, I felt it. Exactly, exactly. That's why I said if the CBC just said "go nuts," and they let it give it to those level writers, this is what you would get. I feel like I, I didn't it's, watch a ton of the grassy, but I feel like the writing, even though it was about kids, I did. That's how I know who Drake is. But but I feel like the writing in the grassy wasn't terrible. I mean, like it, it was just. Um, I think kind of made to gear toward kids, but I felt I was the age group for that show, and I thought it was shitty. Like the way, no, I'm not gonna go into that. We will be ranting on something that has nothing to do with this. Back to the main point at hand. The point I'm trying to get at here is like it's so nuanced and so weird that it, it, it's this it's this very weird idea in Hollywood where I feel like. I feel like we've gotten to this very odd point of sexual discourse where this sort of stuff gets normalized, even though in all objective honesty, it shouldn't be. Because I don't think anyone, we've reached that point even after Me Too, where we can all just have this kind of like come to Jesus moment about the fact that the concept of like sexuality is something that you can't really do on social media or at least social media as exists now because it's something you need to do in a common space sort of and when you don't do it with that you have minds that create shit like this yeah i feel like social media is the least of this thing's problems i feel like this is just you at least understand what i'm trying to say this guy figure you with old people kind of see what i'm trying to aim at here um i'll be honest i don't follow it totally i mean because i kind of understand what you're trying to say but i'm having trouble when it's time to apply it to this movie because i just feel like joyce carol oates and andrew dominic are just so old you know like like they just don't really seem to be a product of what you're talking about no, 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 no. It, it is that because I mean that when I say Clinton voters, I mean those kinds of people because a lot of those were like Gloria Steinem types, even though everyone knew she was clearly a Fed. Like, you, you see what I'm trying to say? They're like second waivers. You see? Does anyone follow? Come no, on, I'm not really sure yeah, what you're saying, bro. Yeah, I can't. I'm yeah, trying to. Good. I'm trying to say that, like, the the second waivers from, like, the 70s are the ones that are getting to this level of writing. That's part of the why you have this un, weird, unsubtle writing. The second half... Mm-hmm. The second half is 
we still are at this point in the discourse where we can't be mature about anything. I think part of the reason we can't be mature about anything is we're neither side of, well, neither side of the discourse, even on one side, is willing to say, you know, some of us are kind of fucked up in how we view things. I mean, I do agree with that. I do feel like there is an ability to kind of uh, be nuanced and be. I'm just trying to be terse with things and just you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this thing was just strange in that it was just really long, but didn't have much to say. Like after like her fourth or fifth degrading, right. after her fourth or fifth degrading uh, sexual experience, I just didn't understand like what new we're supposed to get out of it. You know, it was very, very bizarre. I think that's kind of the. I think that's kind of what I mean. What I'm trying to get at is like one, you have this weird. Uh, T, were you noticing this, or, or was it, um, was it just me here? Anna de Armas, her accent Go ahead. just completely threw me off throughout the movie. Like, I was, I was not able to. I was not able. <gasps> me to too. Me too. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fucking. I was thank not you. able to immerse thank myself you. into. Okay, I'm watching like uh, a rendition of Marilyn Monroe. Um, living out her career and, you know, her, her tragic personal life. I'm, it, it felt like I was watching like a stage production of it because try as she did. Anna de Armas could not. No, no, I know exactly who you mean. Wait, no, no, I know exactly. Telling me that Anna, that Marilyn Monroe didn't have a stage <laughs> accent. What? No, um, I, I mean, I, listen, I, <laughs> It stuck out. I'm it not stuck the, the fuck Marilyn out. Monroe I'm sorry. It, it's I've like I've seen a couple of her movies, but yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't pick it out. If she it, listen, that that slight like Cuban accent, if she had it, unfortunately, I missed it. I think she yeah, uh, like Marilyn, the Midwest or the South. I'm not 100 percent sure, but no, she's from my end of the country. Oh, she's she, from the Midwest. Okay, <laughs> but I just yeah. want to say, like, yeah, she We're, she. she her accent, that was just so uncanny. It's like whenever I watch anything or listen to any sort of voice acting and I hear uh, Cree Summers' voice, I'm like, hi, Cree. <laughs> it's like that level, just like, just like uncanny. Uh, Trevon, oh, wait, I was going to put Trevon. Wait, Trevon, we're, okay. I, I, I want to make one last okay, point. Okay, but I want to make one last point. But, but in the meantime, Trevon, feel free to come up because uh, I was about to go to you. I know you've been waiting for a while. I just want to make this a quick point. The thing I'm trying to say here is this. It's so blatantly obvious that what we're watching here is just like a very weird fever dream of liberal sex panic just being like put on raw display and it scares me because i feel like this same kind of like weird psychosis is something we will never ever be done with within well at least within you guys lifetime but mine <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is this. This is probably going to be the same mindset of people who are going to make like the eventual Britney Spears biopic. It's coming. We all know it. Just prepare for it. I'm out. <laughs> Britney, you, uh, Britney Spears tra- biopic tra- is, you were... is, a, is a long way off, unfortunately. Because if somebody makes the biopic while she's still alive, um, and it's not like absolutely deferential to her, the fans will eat it alive. Um, someone told me that Anthony Dominic is not a uh, Hollywood liberal. I don't know much about him, so that, so that he's from Australia. But in in general, like I feel like a lot of what he was describing is um, I don't think it's really one size fits all. Because I mean, I feel like 
Joyce Carol Oates is a little more complicated and older than that. And Anthony Dominic, from what I've seen from him, he's from Australia, and he looks like he's in his 50s. So I don't know if he can fall into that um, voted for Hillary thing. I think there's kind of sometimes we have preconceptions of, you know, who the bad guys are, and we try to, like, uh, you, you know when the, your main tool is a hammer and everything looks, looks like a looks like a nail, so... Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know enough about those people, but I do think it might not work to just kind of assume like social media and voting for Hillary and all this stuff is always um, the issue. But uh, yeah, hey, Javon, go on. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Am I good? Yeah, you sound good. Okay, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad we got on the Jessica Gal train <laughs> randomly, but... Uh... Yeah, I wanted to ask, did you uh, see the recent interview of hers, like, uh, I think it was like a week ago, where she was talking about how she almost quit uh, if she didn't get the um, the hat put on Kevin in the finale? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I saw that, and it, it I think it happened after we did the um, episode on the finale, so I had so many thoughts, but let me ask you, do you think that was even real? Because I feel like it's like a fake story, first off. She's not yeah. someone who's too, who's too much of a climber to let herself quit a job or something that uh, trivial. Yeah, it, it felt definitely like one of those, you know, hyperbolic, oh, yeah, I was joking about quitting, but, you know, it, it, I, I wanted to sound like it was serious, you know, to just to kind of gin up some controversy. And it was just like, oh, if only this was true and she actually had that kind of conviction, then we might have been spared. You know? Oh, no, 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 no. I disagree. I'm glad it didn't happen. I mean, we witnessed history. If <laughs> if we got someone else, it would have just been mediocre to conceivably bad. But, I mean, we saw, like, a new lo- Like, I've no, never actually, seen actually, something like they could approve by, by functioning adults. Say, no, unironically, hmm? I will say it's actually good that she carried the show all the way to the end. I'm not even joking right now. Because, like, if if she if she somehow got yeah. to go, it would be the case As that like well we never got to see um, what it is that she had cooked up like we never really got to see like the combination of her magic. yeah and everyone would have said that everyone would have said yeah everyone would have said that it would have been just amazing if the Rick and Morty woman had a chance to recognize her vision and God forbid they put like a white woman or something in her place they would have been like oh it's because they put a white woman in there but you know if they had like the marginalized person who worked on Rick and Morty it would have been amazing plus I'm an I'm accelerationist I want to see I want to see the shit just I think it needs to go all the way to the bottom before it gets better and I think she just shot a candle hole into the hull of the Titanic like I I just am I enjoyed that show more than any Disney Plus show I've seen so far. Like, I, Q will tell you, I would tell Q things like, four days till She-Hulk, three days till She-Hulk. I just want to see how much worse is it going to be. And the finale did not disappoint. Like, that was just like, what, what did they... It was one of the sm- worst, like, attempts at meta-humor I've, like, ever seen. It was just like, you talk about her not giving up. It's like they gave up on, like, all the kind of plots that they were writing towards or at least hinting at like just completely just because they wanted to say you know what trolls you don't get to define my show even though ironically i'm going to show you how you get to define my show yeah yeah exactly i mean the whole thing was just basically i don't want to be blamed for anything like um i mean 
one of the problems with the meta humor is that she used the meta humor to blame everybody but herself. And everything is everyone else's fault, and she's perfect. And the original meta humor in the She-Hulk comics that she claims to be emulating is that the writer made fun of himself, but he showed respect and reverence to the classics. He didn't use the breaking the fourth wall in She-Hulk to make fun of uh, Jack Kirby or Stan Lee or Steve Ditko or the characters. He poked fun of himself. She is such a narcissist. She uses the meta humor to only compliment herself and make fun of superheroes, Marvel, the institution, comic books, the fans. Like she did it all in reverse. She used it to affirm herself and to uh, blame everyone else from the fans to her supervisors to the genre for anything you didn't like in, in the whole thing. And I was like, this level of narcissism is unprecedented. This is a landmark moment. I love this show. This show, I feel like it existed to prove me right and force me to raise my analysis to another level. Because it, it reminds me of that tweet when that guy was working on a story about Trump, and then he was working on it so long, he was crafting he all these theories, and then Trump... Yes, th- this show is the show equivalent of that of that tweet like you know i've been working on all these theories about these kind of people and this and this complicated profile of what i think they're like and and she just stumbles in drunk just spilling all the beans i'm like oh shit not only did she prove everything right but she actually showed us worse than i ever than i ever even suspected and and i'm excited i don't know what's next uh one of two things gonna happen either this is so bad it's gonna break everything and they're gonna have to be like okay we can't keep doing this shit anymore. Like, like we, we have to stop hiring Nickelodeon writers. We have to actually hi, hire real showrunners. Or there's going to be like, you know what? This is some, this is some cost fallacy. We're all in. Let's just start getting, um, you know, webtoon creators or something. Like, I'm excited to see what's next. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, it's like the Citizen Kane of, like, bad TV shows. It's, it's truly, it is one of a kind. It's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing how you can have a show where the main character starts off perfect. She doesn't have any real character growth. It's like a like anti-Goku. Like, everyone around you conforms to you, but yeah. you don't change. But it's like, she, she, it gets she grow- like no one changes for the better. She grows... In name only, as in the show just ends saying, and now she learned to balance uh, She-Hulk and Jen, and accepts her. Like, wait, when did this happen? All you did was say <laughs> say it happened. You, you, none of this is earned. You just kind of declared, okay, now she's all better. It's like, wh- what? <laughs> like, what's different about her? Like, nothing made sense. Like, just to give a small example, I just like nothing makes sense. There's no growth. Like, um. The the guy asked her, and they did this a lot in the show. I don't know why they did this. They would have her act a certain way, but then get mad if anybody said she was act, acting a certain way because it was a sexist thing to say. So they'd be like, "So she Hulk, what are you what are you wearing?" You know that final scene, and she rolls her eyes and walks off like, "Oh my god, shallow men!" Because I'm a woman, they think all I care about is my clothes. But bitch, you had three episodes about your clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, 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 you didn't want to take a whole case because it was going to hurt your chance to get more clothes. So, so it's like, what are you talking about? You haven't earned the right 
to disdain somebody for assuming all women care about his clothes when you've dedicated three to four episodes on on what you're gonna wear. It's it's the most unself aware show I've ever seen. It's amazing. And I gotta find I gotta say it's it's so hilarious that the the most likable and the most funny and probably the most popular character is this Madison character that you know they have contempt over. It was just like they treat her like a pug. It was like like one of those like liberal kind of things where it's like they like kind of pedicize people that they don't like to kind of like dismiss them. But yeah, and that's the, the that's that's the daily mater like like the her she was like the most fun to watch. Titania was better too. I I thought Titania was was much better to watch. I'd rather watch a Titania and, and Madison show than a She Hulk show any day. And they clearly want you to like disdain them, you know. But yeah. it's like yeah. even in trying to portray those people negatively, they make them seem more Madison fun and interesting was like than the, I would much rather hang out with Titania and Madison than She Hulk. I, I would actually yeah, I would much rather, I would, about I would Madison much... and Wong trying to get through a season of TV together. Getting to misadventures. Yeah. Well, they seriously yeah. thinking about making, like, I heard it was like a rumor they're considering giving her, like, a TV show or oh, a Oh, my goodness. So if you're in the celebration, this is it. This but is but it. Here, here's, here's, the, here's the problem. Who did they get to write it? Because I feel like Jessica Gow and them can only write it well by accident. If they if they tell them to actually make Madison likable, change her, change they're gonna her fuck it up yeah. because yeah, they don't know how to be likable. They don't know what makes a person likable. So to them, what they think makes a person unlikable is actually likable. What they think makes somebody likable is actually unlikable. So like, for example, even that even that misogynist guy, um, Dennis, even he was more fun to watch, even though he's a ridiculous caricature, because at least. Uh, in comedy, you gotta have something to kind of uh, make fun of and a broad character. And I'm like, okay, he's the type of character that can be like a um, what's the guy's name on um, on Family Guy? Um, the one looks like Bob Hope. Wait, which guy? Um, the one that was Giggity oh, Giggity. Uh, the... Oh, Quagmire. Oh, Quagmire. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like that. That's the type of character, like you know, that that the one that Doogie Howser played in um in um How I Met Your Mother, or the the Quagmire guy, you know, you know, like the incorrigible, like sexist guy who's always doing sexist things. Like better written, that could be a a funny stock character if you just wrote him a little bit of nuance, you know. And and Madison could be a, a good character. Um, Titania could be a good character, but Jen, you can't do anything with because she's just obnoxious. And, yeah, and like unaware of it. Because, like, you, like, they're made specifically to laugh at their expense, but, like, the things that, like, make you laugh at their expense are even worse than who they are as a person. But yeah. what happens to Jen? What, what happens to Jen that makes you, like, uh, makes her so endearing that you laugh through her pain? She doesn't really go through anything. She doesn't, outside of, like, them trying to steal her blood and talking about her in this contrived way on the internet, it's not, these are, to like a lack of a better thing, these are like Elizabeth Warren voter problems. These are like upper middle class, like young professional white girl problems that they stuck into a superhero show. You know, to tie it to Blonde, I feel like Blonde is the show you get if you make it a drama and take away any of the um, self-insert characters, you know? So, like, like I feel like if, if, if they wrote, the writers of She-Hulk wrote a drama about Madison. 
uh, you know, and tried to make it serious and didn't have any uh, self-insert characters, you would get this. This would be Madison's life to them in a drama, what we saw in Blonde, just uh, substance abuse, being used by men, uh, waking up with running mascara, you know, after just being degraded, you know, and, you know, just being kind of um, vapid and, and, and slutty. Like, I mean, it's weird on the surface of such different shows, but I do think, they both kind of have a similarity in this kind of um, this is type of feminist misogyny that I think runs through a lot of um, fiction that's done by a certain type of uh, feminist. I don't know how feminist Joyce Carol Oates is actually. I shouldn't make assumptions about her, but um, I don't know. It's I, I think I think there's there's a lot of misogyny out there, even in things that pretend they're not being misogynistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of these people kind of operate off of horseshoe theory, in that they come back around to it. They just use a lot more words, or they just there's a lot more animation behind, you know, the front. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks so much, Trevon, but uh, I'm actually getting tired, so I think we're going to wrap up soon. So I'll let Gio uh, take us out. But as usual, uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, we're going to end it with Gio, so um, nobody come up after after him. Hold on. Hey, Gio, how's it going? Hey, what's up? You guys hear me? Yeah, you're good. Well... Yeah, so I was gonna ask, but it's like thoughts on like the movie, like review industry, like who like who, who, who kind of like propped up like the dogs of the world and whatnot. Who like who, who like who told us this show was good for some reason when everyone saw it was horrible? Which which is which Wait, I mean, you're talking about? Like thoughts on which thoughts on that, those. Um, like a like a collider lady who like who's like this show was no what show what show I don't know made for me like it man we cannot we can't escape the gravitational pull of the show can we that's just that's our life now no I mean because like because it was odd I always see like the show is made for me I felt it was relatable I was like okay like like what was relatable to like to you like exactly like what was what what about this show that was actually like like relatable it was it was like all it was all about like a bunch of like a, 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 a sort of dramas and 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 whatnot it was it was, it was nothing interesting about the show to me that seemed i don't know relatable to anyone like what was like i mean that's that's much it that's what, that's what I thought. yeah I, I don't know what you mean bro no, I said no. Sorry, let me say this. What are your thoughts on the movie, on, on these like review industries? Like, who always like propped up all these like, all these sort of bad like, 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 uh, what, what's the word? Like, like, all these like bad TV shows, like, 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 all these sort of, wait, like. Wait, 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 I think I, I think I know. I think I know what you, what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, like, um, I, I was, unfortunately, I was on mute. Uh, that was my fault. But I mean, oh, no, you're I saying that, like, who are these people that say that this is? Purpose. Um, that was my bad. But yeah, really okay. Did you? 
But T, what is okay? Okay, T, what's your what's your interpretation? Here? Oh no, no. I mean, you're trying to ask what is the um, who are these people that say it's so relatable, uh, etc. Like, like uh, about there's nothing about this woman. But I was saying I disagree. I think she's like super relatable uh, to a certain type of woman. I think the presumption and narcissism comes from uh, the idea that that woman represents all or even most women, but um, the type of woman who a is very career driven, but doesn't seem to actually like her job. Like doesn't have any type of passion for it. Right. Like think about Jessica Gao and how she writes about how she ended up here. And it's just like, well, I didn't want to do this for a living. And this didn't look like it was going to be fun. And someone told me about writing, but writing like comics was too hard, you know? Um, And this looked really easy. And I just Googled how to write, and I had my friends hook me up. Like, that's kind of what I feel about Chino, because she she, she tells Bruce, I can't be a superhero. I can't do all this stuff. My career, my career. But nothing gives me an impression that she likes um, being a lawyer. Like, there's nothing that really shows any passion for being a lawyer. She has no friends. She only has uh, a clapping monkey. Like, her, her... that woman is not a friend. That woman is an employee. Is a yeah, um, also the, for a show who says like they want to empower women. They seem to hate any sort of women that like guys proceed to like. They they sort of hate. Yeah, 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 for sure. But but I'm saying like there's a lot of people like this. Like I think a lot of the people who write these shows are like this. Like like they all want to just constantly climb their careers but if you ask them what they're actually passionate about in their career like you never see these people talk about craft like you never see a interview with these people that sounds like the um Truffaut and hitchcock interview where they just sit around forever just talking about all these tricks in the trade and their philosophies on on directing like like they never talk about that all they ever talk about is diversity diversity how to get jobs if you have ever listen to these people talk um but they claim to be passionate about their careers and all she does is drink she has no other hobbies but drinking we see her drink every single episode um has no actual friends the high school friend she meets she hates and she only hangs out with somebody who depends on her for her livelihood and eating so so that friend can't ever really criticize her that she only hang out with somebody who depends on her for her well-being and uh, if you look at, like, what's probably like to be Jessica Gow in that showroom, um, everybody in this junior writer, you, you're, you're the head writer. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of people like this. I think a lot of people um, can relate to this character. They're just people that most people don't like, and but who are overrepresented in, in Hollywood right now, unfortunately. But I, t- I totally think there's a kind of person. I mean, we, I think we've met these people, and we just there's, don't like them. There's, um, no, I, I think Jim makes you know? a really good point here. Um, these women are themselves often very misogynistic. Like, they, there is a, a type of woman that they don't like. And a lot of what uh, we're watching, and I think this is why we find some of the stuff so baffling, is that they're, like, playing out their juvenile years on screen again. Like the the girls that were like mean to them, the girls that they, I don't know, like had like a cool kids club that they wanted to hang out in, but didn't feel cool enough to to be in. Um, yeah, basically, like women that men like are really like low ranked in their eyes, and they will constantly shit on them. Um, 
Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was true. That was true. And, and they want to make right? and, and, and and they want to make their current they want to make their current jobs and industries a reverse um yeah. mean girls yeah. table. Uh, like you know, they they kind of treat being writers and being control of these IP as a reverse kids uh, mean kids table where they can now be the ones that say uh, right. you can't sit there, you. you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this reminds me of the kidney article. Remember, oh, like, this yeah. Was a while back. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> Good one. Oh, my God, the kidney donor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Where, like, a lot of people, like, like um, I mean, it's not just women, but I think because because of benevolent sexism, people kind of expect women to be nice and pleasant. And so I think there there's, like, a type of person that uses that expectation that they are that they are going to be nice, pleasant. They're going to be like very like supportive and affirming, that kind of thing. They they have that like they have that visage out in public. But when it's just them, they are like the cattiest people imaginable. Um, there's a lot of guys who are like this too, yeah, but they usually call like, themselves male feminists, so we, we can put them in the same grouping. Uh, but but these people, I don't think even pretend to be nice like I, I don't think they even do the pretense of being nice part and behind closed doors being nasty i think they're just kind of very sarcastic and and snarky and l- like like they're just semi-obnoxious to, in public and then full the, obnoxious the older, in, sort of like the, um, in private the but I don't think, that community kind of have to be like the um oh yeah gosh, what was the the uh the asian lady that got that got caught up behind that whole kidney mess um, Celeste, Ng. Uh, Celeste Ng. Constance, Constance Wu, but I'm like that is absolutely not it. That's, Constance Wu was the actress from Fresh Off the Boat, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Celeste yeah. Ng. Um, but uh, like others are kind of like that too. Um, like Roxanne Gay is like that. Um, yeah, there's there's like a bunch of people in like, especially like in the literary community. This is like, you know, this is hyper prevalent. But the uh, the TV writers who are just like straight up like obnoxious mean girls i i feel like they they only got the ability to be like that a couple of years ago i'm not exactly sure where it came from remember what uh homegirl from the uh the black lady sketch show was like hot out the gates with that attitude and then it just it just became like a plague you know what i'm talking about um which which one for the black lady sketch show because uh, is it robin feed when people were like, it was not funny. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Ray Sunny. Yeah, Ray Sunny, I think, was sort of the, the pioneer in just oh, being her. I absolutely her. obnoxious weighed... publicly. Oh, no. And then everyone just started being like that. Yeah, she made like like that weird joke. Remember that weird joke she made on like, Twitter? Remember that? <laughs> I mean, she had a yeah, couple of weird jokes, but I'm assuming you're talking about the one where 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 where, where she doesn't give a white guy sex if he voted no, for no, for no, uh, yeah, Hillary or something. Biden. Something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, I remember, yeah. Oh, Biden, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was bizarre. Um, yeah, but no, I definitely do think uh, uh, this this type of woman that's getting ratioed every single day on Twitter. Not the same woman, just a type. One of these women is getting ratioed every single day on Twitter, and men hate her and women hate her. But she only points out the men who hate her. But like, basically, everybody hates her. Uh, that's the person that the show is, is written for, and I think she totally. Um, relates to it. I think the lie is in pretending that it's all women, or even a majority like of Dow, women. Dow, like always talks about how she like she likes to bully 
Feige for the for some reason. Like she loves to bully him about certain things. I mean, it was she, she had interviews like like how she loves to torture him about writing some certain things. Like, she yeah, loves, she loves to be the mean person in the writing room. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because Q is so right. We're we're never gonna escape the orbit of she she Hulk. But 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 but, but, but it is it is legendarily bad. I I I can't say I hate talking about it. Cause... Yeah, but I think I think because it's like it epitomizes like the like the the like or like the main issues with like writing today. Like like it sort of has all the things from the last like six years, like almost like collide within that entire show almost. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's pushed um, the clapping seal um, segment of fandom, like the people who just clap like seals at anything that comes out that's product. I think it's pushed them to the limits. Like they've gotten dumb. Like they've had to forcibly make themselves dumber to pretend to like this. And I just think um, they're gonna reach a point where you're just gonna be able to put like a blank screen in front of them and just have the Marvel logo on it, and they'll sit there for a half hour and clap. Like it's it's a uh, it's getting it's getting that it's getting that bad I think. Um okay, I'm going to leave it up to um you guys. Do you want to take one you want to take one more person or cuz we originally said we were going to end it with uh Geo, but there is one more. Um we could take one more person but put put yeah, a, put a time limit on it. One more, but let's uh yeah, let's let's call it a hard cap of 5 minutes so that we're out of here by 11. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So Hate, hate to withdraw. I, I, I wanted to have you on because I'd like to see a new name that we haven't seen before. Oh, so, no, this ho- is Corona COVID. I just had to do it. Oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah. I had to change one because I had to go through another. My phone number for my last account no longer exists, so I had to change to another account. That's why okay. I okay. the same pictures. Also, the woman who was in my last picture, I pretty much broke up with the G. Yeah. So, 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 so if if you were in here, then you heard us say the last person. I thought yeah, somebody was, came yeah, late who didn't know that the recent this man. <laughs> because, I because, because, because... one. I want to leave off one last thing, and I will be out of your hair because I would got some shit to do on my end too. Q, you were talking okay. about Ray Sani. Uh, yes, me and her had a full on beef for a long time on like both on Facebook to where if you listen to an old podcast she had called it, I'm not shitting you, the three and Negroes she had, that I was trolling <laughs> that is terrible. so hard. And this goes back to the whole thing with our comment at the uh, Q Rod. Yes, he's tied to her and basically she just went on his show to literally bitch about me because I w- kept calling her by her government name, which is Rafat. But she just kept getting mad and the thing that makes me mad is like she she's just she's just so there's just something she's a smart there's woman. a lot to dislike about her it doesn't take yeah i mean i'm sorry it for, me, it's to... just, for me i'm just like personality wise it's like you're awful but it, for me it's like my my eyes are like I have to close my eyes when arguing with you because if I do I'm just gonna say some really stupid shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. like African women are my thing. So what the fuck can I do? Yeah, I mean she is definitely a very annoying one. Um, but okay. Oh wait, oh. I took him. I took him off. He was still talking, but uh, we'll get you next time. Um, yeah. So, 
Okay, that's that's it. Everybody have a good night, Desperate. Thanks for joining joining us. Always appreciate your input. Um, yeah, thanks yes. for having me. Any final thoughts about Blonde for before we go? I feel like I've said my piece on it. It was um, it, it was kind of torture porn. I, the, the the accent was very. I'll say this about her. She didn't do a great accent, but considering how strong her real Cuban accent is, I feel like she did as good a job as she could possibly do with the accent like that. I don't know why they hired her, but my takeaway is like go back and watch Marilyn Monroe's actual yeah. movies, and you'll not want to die. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> no, it's like and there's good documentaries were so, were so too. Offended by that movie, and I'm like, no, it's worst crime. Is it was just fucking boring. No, I think it was worse than boring. I think it was actively hateful and mean spirited. Um, I mean, yes, like, like, but, but just like, boring. But I, I, I think that yeah. so banal. Like it's like if if you if you're tr- I don't know if you're trying to make a point, like if you're trying to like if you're trying to include some sort of subtext in your cultural product, film, book, TV show, comic, whatever, then there has to be something more incisive than like just plain mean spiritedness towards people that we already know that you don't like. You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's kind of what I found. So like, yes, what I found so banal about it is that I'm like, I'm not seeing any new angles here. There's no, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm seeing Marilyn Monroe as a tragic figure, but we've already seen her as a tragic figure. I'm seeing Marilyn Monroe as somebody who is like highly manipulated by abusive Men that want to control her. Well, yeah, but we already knew that. So, what? Like, what am I learning here? Yeah, but even with seeing her in in those roles, uh, to this level of caricature, I think was uh, still a bit much. Also, with no type of counterbalance. I don't understand anything so one sided about this. Where um, she basically had like zero real charisma to me yeah. or anything. Like, which wasn't true. No like, types like of Marilyn uh, Monroe. The person wasn't this like uh, this. I don't know. This this meek woman who was just sort of careening from um, abusive relationship to exploitative role to abusive relationship. Um, after she after she uh, made her own. After she basically like made her own. Uh, well, it wasn't exactly a studio, but she was it the studio that she made or. Because she she basically like broke out from the uh, the studio system, right? And um, she, she might have been part of United Artists. I forget. The, no, there was no, no, a no, no, no. studio made, that like, was he, made by a bunch her of own like artists, not an agency, but like um, she she broke away from the studio model where she didn't have to be under contract to like Fox, for example, right? Like she she got away from. Sorry, are you sure it wasn't? Was it was it her or Olivia no, the the Holland? I, I right, and then so like okay. so the 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 film just portrays her as just like this meek and barely competent person who got by on her looks, and it's like, but that wasn't who she was as a person. And one of the reasons that she was so um, like one of the reasons that she had such uh, such a hard time with her mental health was that Hollywood and the the press absolutely fucking hated her for it. Like they hated the idea that this woman would be able to strike off and do like be able to work independently and on her own, not under contract to a film studio. Um, oh, can I cue yeah. you just like, I, I had a closing thought that I meant to bring up earlier, but like, because of that, 
um, what you just said about like how she negotiated her own contract or was able to break out. Like it reminded me that like, I don't know if you know, uh, Joan from yeah. Mad Men. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like she's actually like maybe one of the most like best portrayals of like a person being Marilyn Monroe, but not being her. Like, I, I think like if like she's a woman of the time period, she was beautiful. Everyone pays attention to her. She gets used a lot, but she's like still very strong and able to like pull herself through like terrible situations. And I feel like she w- like I think the character even like has a very big attachment to Marilyn Monroe when she dies. She like cries in her office mm-hmm. by herself. And like I felt like that was like in a sense they're like this is who she was a little bit. Like I think that's what the writers of that show might have been channeling at the time. I no, uh, no, I, no, I, no, I couldn't find the I couldn't find the mute button. Yeah, I couldn't find the mute button. But they did actually say that in the script at some point. You know, they actually compare her to Marilyn Monroe uh, several times. So I think you're right. They were very uh, conscious of it. Sorry, uh, I, I just, the one I, last I, thing I'll sorry, say. Sorry to interrupt you. T. It was it was it was under my skin, and I was like, I, I can't believe I don't remember it. But yeah, she. Uh, it was a studio. It was called the Actor Studio. Oh, with, with Lee Strasberg. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, um also the actor studio was an actual studio. I thought it was a I thought it was a school. Oh, uh, so it was a No, cuz uh, wait, 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 wait. No, I might be wrong here. But um yeah, she she let's see. Uh, the, uh, 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 no, Marilyn Monroe Productions. My bad. It was Marilyn Monroe Productions. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Marilyn Monroe Productions was uh her production company. Uh, the actor studio was a uh a school that she yeah, did with Lee, Lee Strasberg. Sorry, I got that wrong. But yeah, it was Marilyn Monroe Productions. And that's what, like, that's what caused her to um, have such, like, um, such huge mental health difficulties, especially, like, towards the uh, the latter half of her career, is because the studios never forgave her for it. And they would constantly feed, like, bullshit lies and exaggerations to the press to, you know, to, to basically, like, throw dirt on her name because they never forgave her for the fact that she got away from them so while she that, did play you know did she played like ditzy roles like she did sort of pioneer the dumb blonde stereotype but as a real life person that wasn't her you know she was like a very like uh like a very sharp and i think business savvy individual um and a lot of people in her time really didn't like that but also her dumb blonde characters were usually like very um savvy and canny and they kind of use the dumbness as a kind of a, a weapon i mean that, that story you said would be a great story to include in this but you wouldn't know that at all from this movie you would think yeah. all she just that, did was just get the thing. Was, we'll just get we'll just get pumped and just yeah. get pumped and dumped and, was, and, and that's it and for that i was sitting around waiting for that element of the story to come out but by the end of like the first act and getting into the second act i'm like jeez like so this is it this is all we're gonna watch here all right you would never think she even said no to sex ever. You would just think that anybody who just propositioned her would just have would she just have sex with. Like like that's how she's seen in this yeah, thing. Yeah, like, it was like, like the, 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 the prop guy. She's just a series of holes. Yeah, yeah, the catering guy. You know, could proposition her, and now yeah. like that was just what she was. She was just uh, you know, no agency, no just let, just let men do whatever they want to her. It was very annoying, but okay. I'm sorry. Let's finish for real. Uh, thank you, Jasper. Thank you, Q. Thanks for everyone who joined us in the audience. Everybody be good. We will talk about something. Um, oh, we're going to be covering 
the second season of White Lotus um, every week on Mondays and Sundays. We'll be doing something else. Uh, I'll be trying to do multiple yeah. episodes a week. So Monday's going to be White Lotus. And I actually really liked White Lotus. So I'm excited to talk about something. It's kind of cheating because it's supposed to be media masochist, but that's, that's something I actually like. But I kind of need something I like. So um, we'll we'll talk about that. Okay. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good.